All right, folks, welcome back again. Barely Live Podcast. Kyle and Bubba here with you. We uh, hope everybody enjoyed uh, last week's show with Jen Bowden, but tonight uh, we've got a very, very special guest for you. Um, wrestling legend and uh, now yoga guru expert, however you want to call him, life changer. Um, a very special guest and a guy who's been very important in our lives. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page is joining us today. Uh, Dallas, how are you doing today? Never had a bad day in my life, bro. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, hey, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to uh, to be with us here on the show today. Uh, we've been huge fans of yours um, throughout your wrestling career, and I know you've talked a lot about that, but there, you've got a lot of more uh, important things going on in, in your career uh, post-wrestling, and uh, we're really glad you could come on the show and uh, talk about a little bit of it today. Oh, sweet. You know, right now, the, the biggest thing going right now is uh, the whole resurrection of jake the snake movie seeing the masses seeing it because of itunes and google play and playstation uh probably the biggest is uh netflix though because so many netflix has like 50 million people or something so uh we had a lot of crazy response on my twitter at at real ddp at ddp yoga if you guys have uh out there if you've seen the movie love to hear from you i try to answer a lot of people back but as you can imagine, it gets pretty crazy at times. But go to my Twitter at real DDP at uh, D- at at real DDP at DDP Yoga and at Jake Snake Jake the Snake Movie. It's one of those Jake Snake Movie. One of those <laughs> <laughs> Jake Snake Movie or Jake Snake Movie. I'm not sure. You can find it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I mean, if, if when people want to know more about it, they'll they'll take the the time to to try and find it. It's Jake Snake movie, something like that. We'll, we'll narrow it down for you. But uh, um, but I recently watched the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, and I got to tell you, it was a very well put together documentary and a very very powerful story. Um, not only about um, you know just you know just a Jake struggle but just to highlight the struggle of alcoholism and addiction in general and uh how someone believing in someone else can really turn their life around so uh, I mean how how was that experience I mean I know it, it was a long road from the start to the Hall of Fame but I mean really what was that like for you personally um it was crazy man it was positive it was energizing it was depressing <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was, there was anger involved, uh, you know, because you, you can't take it personal, you know, and I'm dealing with another friend of mine who's an addict, who doesn't even know he is, mm-hmm. and but he does, but he don't care, mm-hmm. you know, so it didn't stop with Jake and Scott, I just won't let anybody be in my life anymore that has to have the addiction, you know what I mean, and, and I get that, like, what I was very lucky was that Jake and Scott both were like on, like right at, like they didn't want the addiction anymore. Now, if they could still get high and not be an addict, I think they would have really loved that, but that's not going to happen. You know, so, you know, nobody wants to, you know, especially someone who's partying, no one ever wants to stop drinking, you know, or stop partying because, you know, how boring is that? Well, You know, a lot of times people hide themselves in the addiction because of whatever demons or problems that happen in their lives. And, you know, we are the story we tell ourselves. We are that little voice that happens in our head. You know, if, if you tell yourself, I am the shit, no one can touch me. I am the baddest son of a bitch alive. Well, that was Mike Tyson for a long time there. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. That's that story changed. And then all of a sudden, he was beatable. You know, anybody can can have this crazy inner confidence if they really work at it. But it, it takes a lot of work. Like, you know, staying positive, being in a positive spot with all the negativity that we have to live in and all the negative people that are around us, it's hard at times. You know, like Scott Hall used to always say to me, Dally, how do you stay so effing positive? Like, I work at it. Yeah. I work at it, man. You know, I work at it because it's easy to be negative. You know, it's easy to take the, you know, the downside. And making this movie, I mean, you know, when it came to why I, I started the whole journey is because I was really crazy successful with people I didn't even know who were doing DDP yoga. And it wasn't DDP yoga that changed Jake's life, but it was a serious piece of it. Because mm-hmm. it took away pain, you know, but mm-hmm. also eating real food took away pain. And people said, what do you mean taking away eating real food takes away pain? Well, so many people eat so much shit, yeah. and they expect to not be in pain and feel great and feel alive, but you're eating shit. <laughs> That's a you good know? point. That is a great point you know, right there. If, if you were a race car, you wouldn't put ethanol, which is a form of gasoline, in that car. That's and true. And you can lose the tires, crack up the car, and walk away from it and get another fucking car. Hmm. You can't get another body. And when you abuse it, especially the way wrestlers do, football players, rugby players, rodeo guys, rodeo clowns, you know, when you're younger, you feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof, but then as you get older, you realize, whoa, I can't bench 405 anymore. I've torn both my pecs and my triceps. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you can mend it, but it's never the same. So, you know, for Jake, I just wanted, I always, I have to always preface, without the late, great Dusty Rhodes, there is no Diamond Dallas Page. But without Jake St. Roberts, there's no three-time world champion. Mm. And I wanted to pay him back because he believed in me before anybody. And he gave me the confidence to think, well, if Jake Roberts really thinks I have the potential, because that's all it was, potential. But he wasn't saying, oh, kid, you're really going to think about doing something else, which everybody else said. And I knew Jake was one of the top five workers in that ring of all time. Because when you talk about the ring, you got to talk about the look. you got the average guy, but he was 6'6". <laughs> He was 245 pounds, and you thought that son of a bitch going to kick your ass. Yeah, with you saying that, watching the show, I was telling my wife when she was watching with me, I leaned over to her right as it started, and I told her, I was like, honey, Jake the Snake scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And as soon as I said that, not two minutes after, uh, when you guys were speaking with Edge, he said the same thing. I mean, he didn't have to scream. He didn't have to scream. He just, 
He whispered, and you were scared shitless. Yeah, he was a true master of, of the ring psychology, as a lot of guys in the business put it. Yeah. And and he really did take it to a, a different level other than being loud, brash, in your face, and yelling all the time. He did it so differently that it affected you on a different level. Not only did you pay attention, but you listened. And that was the biggest part of his promos and his ring work. And his interviews made sense. Yes. You know, like, there weren't just juniors. Yeah. There were times Macho Man was doing, the late, great Randy Savage was doing a promo. I had no idea what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> I knew, but, but I knew that that guy was going to get his ass whooped. Well, the master of that you was Warrior. I, mean? I knew that was, was going to happen because he was so intense. Right. Jake had that in, in, intensity, yet he... He made like he let you know like holy like wow. But for you know Adam Copeland Edge, he, he don't have to say he scared the hell out of me. But Adam Copeland's a huge fan of the business, and Jake did. Jake's the guy. I tried wrestling when I was twenty two, and it didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. That was in nineteen seventy eight. Remember, I'm sixty now, and when I tried. And I got, I hurt my knee. I had like three matches. I was horrible. I learned nothing. Um, and I got my first shot to run a nightclub, like my first shot. You know, it wasn't a nightclub, it was a bar. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. had different types of booze, but we had one bar and a rock and roll band. And that was my first shot. And I got so pulled in by the booze, the broads, and the party. If I would have made it back then, because I went down that cocaine trail and all that stuff. And you know, it was running a nightclub went through. If Jake and I would have met back then, if I'd have paid my dues and I'd have blown up in the eighties with everybody else, we both might be dead. Because we would always challenge each other. And I was the guy who ran to the edge, but I didn't jump off. Jake, Scott, and others just ran to the edge and free file. Right. Like, come on, let's go. You know, who knows how many days will be gone. You know, but for me, when when I didn't make it and I hurt myself and I was going to go back and follow the dream, I got pulled in by the whole nightlife scene, which I loved. And I loved the women more than anything. (laughs) And I, I was having such a good time. Over that period, wrestling blew up. And I was so pissed in the mid 80s. When it first started happening, I stopped watching because, you know, I, I, I should have been a part of that. And then one night I was flicking the channels literally with my hand because there was like four channels back then. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I came across Jesse Ventura. Mm. And I was like, who the hell is this cat? Like, oh, my God, I love his rap. I love his charisma. I loved everything about him. And the, he was with Gorilla Monsoon doing one of the WWE programs. And actually, yeah, it was that, I, I grew up in the WWWF, Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Vincent J. McMahon era. Yes, when, when, when Vince was friggin' Gene Oakland interviewing people. <laughs> you know, and they used to put Andre on a box, so he really was like eight foot tall. Mm. So, um, so when when I when I saw Jesse, 
the first wrestler out of the gate was Jake, and I'd never seen him before. And I thought, wow, that guy's got a cool look, and he looks like a rock star, and he's got the, what's that over his shoulder? And then I watched his match, and he pulled out the stake, and then he cut a promo, and I was pulled back in. Mm. So my relationship with Jake, I met him in my nightclub in Fort Myers, Florida. He would make it a frequent spot between Miami and uh, Tampa, it was right in the middle, like 140 miles on either side. So that became like a destination. Plus, they got some Mark who runs the club, owns a pizza, <laughs> who buys all the boys' drinks. You know, so no one paid for anything. They said, I got DiBiase in there, Bushwhackers. Luke and I became really good friends. Wow. And, wow. You know, That's great. So, all the guys came through. So, you know, then I started doing the, the managing. And then I didn't see Jake for a while, you know, until I ended up in um, in WCW, and uh, and then when I was there, Jake came through the door of this of the uh, the power plant, and I was thirty six at the time. That was the old and training facility, right? I'm sorry. That was the old training facility, right? The power plant that was WCW's yeah, exactly. training facility. Okay, exactly. And Jake recognized me immediately. He goes, I thought that was you. Paige, come here, bro, give me a big hug. And next thing I know, he's coming in the company, and me and Kevin Nash are tagging at the time. And we basically become Jake's flunkies. <laughs> we drive for Jake. You know, all he wanted to do is hear Jake talk, because we knew Jake was going to teach us. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And then... Uh, I, I, Jake had a problem with Bill Watts and it didn't work out there and then I tore my rotator cuff and I'm back sitting at home they let me go I, I'm like I'm on waivers so I get let go mm-hmm. and Jake calls me up to see how I'm doing and next thing you know you know he's he's still up with his old lady he's living with me and my ex-wife now and we're living together and he took me under his wing and, he, and, and I was like, man, I can't wait to get out of this sling and get in the ring and work out with you. And he's like, listen, you already know all the moves. You do them. You got a great, you got a great look. You got to get refined a little bit. You, you, you know the moves. You just don't know when to do them or why you're doing them or what order to put them in. He said, you're going to learn more sitting on the couch watching your matches with me than you'll ever learn with me in the ring. And yeah. that's how it started. Yeah, the Shawn Michaels said a similar story. Yeah, Shawn Michaels said a similar thing in his book about how you'll learn more by just watching than actually doing when he talked about but his days of training. Mm-hmm. But once you know how to do, yeah. if you don't know how to do, then it's sort of like watching calligraphy or something. <laughs> because you really don't understand. Like, you don't understand what's what, well, you think you do, and you think it's a series of bumps. Yeah. And it's not. Because if you watch the greats, or when they finally get to the top, when they stop and wait for the people, that's when you know, okay, now you've got it. Yep. And only a version of it, because the guys who are working today, some were pretty damn good. But the guys who were working in the 80s were unbelievable. Because they worked, you know, with the same guy maybe 400 times. Yeah, so when they get that chemistry going, yeah. 
Damn, people bought a headlock. Today, you get a headlock, like, you better push off right now. <laughs> yep. or, or you're resting. You know, it's like, no, they would tell a story out of the headlock. You know, so for, for me and Jake, Jake can help me. Like, when, when he, you know, the only reason, I don't know if you saw the, my whole induction speech, I talked about mm-hmm. the 12-foot cobra, the 12-foot cobra that he lost in my house. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I remember like, that. Oh, Kimber, wow. Yeah, yeah, Kimber was like, he's got to go. <laughs> he was for yep. three months. But he kept booking me with him. He kept getting me booked on shows with him. And I was nobody at the time. But I was like, but he Jake got me playing fair and got me paid. Hmm. And when I went back to WCW, I could bring him my matches still. He got back with his wife, and he would critique me. And I will never forget the first day I took a diamond cutter out of nowhere. He took a, got a big smile on his face, took a big draw, cigarette, you know, big, big wad of smoke, and he looked up in the air, and he looked over me, and he goes, now you're starting to get it. Mm-hmm. And he explained to me that it was a surprise. You know, everybody wants to be surprised. That's why the DDT was so over, and it was instant, and it looked deadly, and it could be deadly. Right. You know, that was the difference, too, you know? Yeah, he could get a guy in a front face lock at any time, and then, like, as soon as you knew it, you're like, yep. Yeah. Every time you shook somebody's hand, every time you shook someone's hand in the ring, I was like, oh, I hope this turns into a diamond cutter. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm I'm waiting for it. (laughs) Right. And it was just, it, whatever made a surprise, you know? So, you know, over that period, I made a lot of money, a lot of money. And Jake needed help times, and I'd help him. And I'd help him. And then I'd get pissed off because he said he was going to pay me this back, and then he didn't. And then, oh, uh, you know, then we have conflict. And then I said, oh, screw it, man. You know, I miss you, man. What, how you doing? And then I, I just reached out to him and wanted to help him, you know? And, I didn't know if he would want to be helped. I tried to help him a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. But this was the time I was really going at it. And I said, I'm a, the disabled veteran I helped uh, walk again. Yeah, Arthur and, Borman, uh, a great was, story. Yeah, right. You know, and, and, and I was like, you know, you could do this, Jake. And I had no idea how beat up he was. And I said, I got this idea, man. I got this idea, but I really want to come down and talk to you about it. I don't want to talk about it over the phone. And I, you know, he ended up, he ended, I set him the program, you know, I said, just look, look at the food right now, don't worry about the workout, you know, and, and he lost like seven or eight pounds, like the first 10 days, just changing what he ate, mm-hmm. he was eating mm-hmm. so horrible, he was, he was over 307 pounds, that's how much he weighed. Wow. You know, so that was brutal on him, and he couldn't walk, and crippled up, and then I brought down the director, Steve Yu, and, uh. You know, he's very leery of people with cameras after that jerk-off that did Beyond the Map. Yeah, I remember that in the you know, in the Resurrection film when yeah. he was getting mad at Steve at one point and he accused him of treating him just like they did on Beyond the Mat. And I'm like, well, from what I see, that's fur- that couldn't be further from the truth. But I can see how he's a little leery about cameras after that because I watched Beyond the Mat and I thought it was very unfairly done. Well, you know, he, there's no way Jake even remembered doing crack. Never mind that it was going to end up, you know, drinking, being fucked up. Like, that's part of Jake's life. You know, mm. he, he can live with that, and his kids could live with that. 
the crack thing really hurt him and sent him yeah. farther into the abyss. They just sent him farther into that hole, you know? So, you know, Jake knew I'd never do that to him at that point. But, you know, still a little leery. You don't know this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I explained to him, you know, there was a lot of times Jake got mad at that. And so did Scott got mad at Steve. And I was like, guys, you got to trust me. I trust him. And he knows how to tell a story better than anybody I know. And that's what's going to turn this around. You know, the resurrection of Jake the Snake is got to be told the way it happened. And it's got to be raw. It can't be bullshit friggin', you know, like, you know, cats and horns. It can't be roses and, you know, and tulips. It's got to be what it is. And I said, you know, if you want to do this, I'm filming everything. I said, but there's one thing I'll promise you, Jake, when it's all said and done, if you don't like the movie, you don't have to love it, but you got to like it. If you don't see what we're trying to do with the movie and how this resurrection because I had the name the resurrection of Jake the Snake before I ever got to the, the, the Dallas Texas mm-hmm. and then drove out to Gainesville where Jake was at and I and I and I I told him that I said dude we're calling this the resurrection of Jake the Snake and he sort of rolled his eyes I go dude my goal is for you to walk away with your head held high that's why I said it you know during you know at the close of the movie and that the uh his speech, I mean, 18 months ago, my goal, Steve's goal, we couldn't, Jake would never have believed it. You know, it was even possible. But my fantasy goal was for him to be inducted on 2014. Like, that was the goal. Like, it was a fantasy goal, but it was a fantasy goal for me to say I was going to be the world champion at some point. Oh, it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta write that shit down. You know, yeah. you gotta fucking own it. Well, it was, it was very well done, and I mean, it's for me. You know, there was a lot of parts that were semi difficult to watch. I mean, the, the car scene when uh, when he wouldn't shut the door, and uh, you know, the, oh, the fuck yous yeah. were going back and forth, and I'm just waiting for something. He's, you know, he's he's egging you on to maybe hit him or whatever. But you know, being you know, I've had my demons before too, and watching that movie. You know, there's a lot of things in there that, you know, I totally related to that he was saying, um, you know, when he talked about the lies, you know, being an addict, the first thing you respond with is is typically a lie to people. Um, and, you know, telling people what they want to hear and not really searching yourself for what you want to do. But, uh, yeah, the rawness of that was amazing. And it, it hit a lot of chords, definitely for me. <laughs> yeah. And I've also had family members and friends who have struggled with addiction. And it's it was uh you know, brought up a lot of uh, memories and things for me, you know, trying to help my friends through similar situations. Uh, but really what I want to do is applaud Steve. Um, he seemed like he genuinely cared about Jake and Scott through the whole process. And when you see him interact with both of them, it's like, wow, this guy's not just a director. He really has their best intentions at heart. And I thought that was very, very admirable on Steve's part. I'll tell you who Steve Yu is. Steve Yu is a guy who graduated from Cornell, top in his class. You know, Ivy Leaguer, obviously, from Cornell. Mm-hmm. On the fast track at IBM to be like a super executive. And he was about seven or eight years into it and thought, man, 
do this. You know, like his goal was to inspire people to believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. So he left. He left IBM making six figures a year and started training people and doing. Um, he learned everything about. That's the first film he ever directed. He tried directing others up to this point in shorts, but this is the first one he ever finished that he was done with. And he learned it all himself. No, he didn't go to school for film, but he knows more about film than just about any director I know. You know, as far as knowing how to tell a story, how to edit. We have a bunch of editors, but Steve oversaw everything and did all the stuff that needed to be done the most. It's not easy to learn that stuff yourself. Like this podcasting stuff, I bought the equipment and played with it for almost two months to figure out how it worked and how the editing worked. So I know how much work it goes into being self-taught. Trust and he's me, that's, still not good at it. I know, right? Yeah, I'm, I still suck at it, but, you know, I'm working at it every day. But that's the thing. You work at it every day, and every day you get a little better. And if you fall down, you know, oh, that show sucked. It's like, okay, what am I going to change? Mm-hmm. How do I fix that? How do I make it better? Like the first cut they gave me, because they were trying to rush it to get to this one retreat thing that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I got halfway through the movie, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I know you guys really worked your ass off on this. And I mean, they worked their ass off. But I say what I feel a lot of times. And I said, this sucks. I said, this is not the movie. And they're like, well, what do you, well wait, wait, just wait till it. Like, no, it, it's not the movie. Like, you're focusing on just the, like, the, the, the crazy film stuff. Like, we have so much, we have 20 extra uh, extras in the DVD version. Twenty. You wow. Because there was, if, if you'd have told me, like they just did a show on OJ, right? Mm-hmm. They yep. just did a show on OJ that was ten hours. So we figure eight and a half hours taking out commercials. Ten hours, so right. If you'd have told me that Jake's story was ten hours, I'd have went, man. I hope we didn't miss anything. Yeah, yep, because yep. you can't. It was it was eighteen. Really, it was two years, but eighteen months of the living through the resurrection, and you know we just shot five hundred hours plus. So get ninety three minutes out of five hundred hours. Again, super credit to what you just said, Steve. You, mm-hmm. you know, he's the guy. He's the guy. He's the one who told the story. You know, through what we were going through. And, uh, you know, it was really hard sometimes. There was so many times. I'm sitting in my office right now in my home. And not long ago, two years ago, my house wasn't my home. My home was, I lived in my office. My entire house was my office. And it went on for two years. And it got old, as you can imagine, because right. yep. I had nowhere to hide except for my friggin' bedroom. And uh, you know, it, it would there was times when me and Steve would be in the office, and I just look at him, and we'd be shaking our heads after something that just happened with Jake, and I just look at him and go, "Do you think anybody's ever going to see this movie?" And he's like, "I don't know." You know, I just keep moving forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all you can do is just you know hope and keep at it, like you say. Uh, just like you say in your in your DDP Yoga DVDs, you work at it every day and you get better. And 
repetition's the mother of learning. It's it's really it really holds true. And in and like I said, Steve did a great job and you guys did a great job and it was a very powerful and well put together story and I really enjoyed watching it. It was great. So how's uh when was uh, the last what? when was the last time you talked to Jake and, and how's he doing now? <laughs> I talked to Jake thirty minutes ago. <laughs> uh, but I hadn't talked to him in about five days and Jake is on tour in Canada right now and it's his third time really going on tour where he'll work about three days a week and he's doing I, I finally am so thankful that Jake's not wrestling anymore because he'll still get in the ring occasionally and hit a DDT which he knows like Jake come on stop it you know, but because he needs a little piece of his hip out there every time, his right. shoulder, his back, his elbow. Yep. You know, so no matter what, you hit the mat. You're in your sixties; it really hurts. You know, so <laughs> um, I, I, I I talked to him. We went and saw Foley do his thing, Mick Foley, mm-hmm. and Mick Foley is a comedian. Right. He's not telling just telling stories. Mick Foley is a stand-up comedian. That's a lot of work. What Jake did, and I explained to him after he saw that, because he knew he could do that, because he's one of the best storytellers ever. And he knew that that was there, so I was like, Jake, don't call it a comedy show. Call it spoken word. That's one of the things that's out there now. Mm -hmm. Guys go out and do one-man show, do a spoken word show. Of course, since I wanted to call it spoken word, Jake had to call it unspoken word. (laughs) Just to go against you. Just just Jake, you know? (laughs) It's like a big brother, father thing sometimes where it's like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And other times he'll come back and, all right, that didn't work. You know, or, hey, that worked. I'd be like, awesome, man. But, you know, Jake has been sober over two and a half years now. And what's really interesting is that that first year, the fog lifted from his brain. And not that he's still not out there at times, but overall, Jake Roberts is a really smart guy. And now that he's got the fog to clear, and he realizes, wow, look at the life I have being sober. You know? And he feels great in the morning. His body doesn't hurt as much. And people love him. And he gets to see it. For the first time ever, Jake Roberts loves himself. Scott Hall, you know, after the uh, after the um, Hall of Fame in 2004, you know, it's been documented online. Oh, Scott Hall was fucked up here again. And Oh, Scott Hall was fucked up there again. A couple of times he fell too. And when anybody's out there who has a friend who's an addict or a family member or a spouse, it's a process. Right. It just yep. doesn't happen. Like with some people, they can do it. Boom, they stop, done. But that's not the norm. The norm is you fall down. And hopefully you get it. That's the one thing I watched with Jake as he fell down. He got a little stronger every time. And I watch the same thing with Scott right now. Like, Scotty, I don't know. I, I don't really count, neither does he. But I think it's around five or six months that he has been completely sober. And I mean, friggin', because if he drinks one, you know, it's like uh, a million aren't enough and one's too many. You know, yep, that's I remember the Jake saying that. Yep. 
Right. And for Scott, same deal. And uh, long story short, he, uh, you know, he has been booze-free for over five or six months now. And he, he again, he, he's liking himself. He's in a good spot, you know. Uh, he's touring around himself, and he's doing some of the smoking word things as well. And more of a one-man show for him because he shows pictures and talks about it. And uh, and he's doing a lot of stuff with wrestling as far as... Because he, he would be great down at the uh, the WWE Performance Center. Oh, yeah. And only, Scotty, Scotty only lives, you know, quarter of a mile, half a mile from my house. Because he don't want to be too far away. You know, he loves the... You know, the first thing gets taken care of here, you know, Jake was here, he's here. They need rides to the airport, need picked up. You know, they, they want to go out to dinner, they take the boys out, my guys. You know, so it's a really, it's a family group of guys that all care. And a lot of these kids grew up being big fans. Some didn't, some did that work with me. You know, but they all got a lot of respect for both those guys. And when they need a hand or whatever doing something, boom, they're, they're there. You know, so it's it's a really great support system, and that's what people need to get over that kind of shit. Let's well, like uh, with the uh, with addiction, a lot of people, and I've run into this myself. Uh, you know, I've had people tell me they don't understand why you just can't stop. And for me, it was uh, you know, one, I had to realize it myself that I had an issue, and two, I mean, I was told once it's always going to be there your entire life, no matter how long you're sober with it. Right. It's always going right. to be there, but it it over time, it's easier to push it away when it gets in your head. And that's what's happened with right. me. And that's, you know, I saw that when watching the movie with Jake. I mean, at first, it was just like you could see it was it was tough for him. And it just became easier and easier and easier. And I can relate to that. And I mean, it's, right. it was amazing to me. But that's one thing. Like, it, a lot of people just don't, that have not experienced it, don't really get it. So. And you talk about the fog lifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. From the beginning you know, to the end of the movie, they they it seemed like they they just they even spoke better. Like their words were clear, yeah. their thoughts were clear. It was just an amazing transformation from when they first got to the house to the towards the end of the movie. It was it was drastic difference just in that. And it's even more, you know, like today, it's like it's mind boggling to a certain degree for me because you know these are the two guys. You know, everybody knows about the Deadpool. You know, as far as the wrestlers, who's the next wrestler to die? Mm-hmm. But it was so crazy at one point. And those guys were at the top of the list for a long time. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think there's any more Deadpool anymore because guys aren't dying the way they used to. And the WWE runs their program completely different now. Like, there, you got a perfect yep. set in you? You better have a perfect set, uh, not 30 of them, mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better be bringing, have a script, an issue, and we all better know about it. Yep. You know, like, and, and, and I'll tell you, there's times, like, if I didn't have pain pills, like, when I was out with Jake one night, and I told this story earlier today in an interview, I was out with Jake, and uh, I'm 36 years old at the time, and, you know, I'm just a sponge. And, you know, and I partied back then. I'm talking no more drugs, but um, I... Uh, I, you know, I drank, I could drink pretty well back then. You know, I could drink four, <laughs> four nights a week strong, you know. And, uh, and me and Jake were out and we were drinking after a show 
And I saw him put something in his mouth and start chewing on it. I thought, did he just take that out of his Percocet bottle? Mm. So I asked him. I said, did you just take a perk? He said, yeah. I go, you chewed it. They taste like shit. Why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, well, because it gets in your system faster. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I thought I saw him do it a couple times. So I asked him, I said, how many is that today? I've seen you do it a number of times. He said, I don't know, nine, ten. Jeez. Nine or ten. Wow. That's a a lot. You know, and I just was like, why would you do so many, man? And he said, well, he goes, they don't work the same. You know, as you get used to them, your body gets used to it. So you got to take more. Now, I knew right then and there, I'm 36. I'm starting. He's 37. He's at the end of it, you know? And I'm thinking, I need these fucking things to work. You know, so I'm not going to mix them with the booze, for starters. Not that I didn't do it, you know, a couple, I don't know, a handful of times. And I thought, wow, this high is way too much fun. Mm-hmm. We need these things to work, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, But if I didn't have the pills when I needed them, because none of you guys want to hear, you know, Macho Man or DDP or Goldberg or Sting or Austin or Rock is hurt. You know, you, you're there. They're in the main event. You're there to watch them. You're there because that's what you paid your money for. Just like you don't want to hear LeBron James is hurt. Mm. Yeah. You know, oh, I had a heart attack at the end of that game. <laughs> <laughs> what a great game, man. Oh, what it was. What a great game. What yeah. a great game. Oh, my God. So you know, do you think I a lot of watch any of them but that one? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So do you think a lot of the wrestlers it's just a matter of just pressure? The the fact that they are the um the the main eventers, um, but they have to keep going. And that's what's happened over the years with some of these guys. That they have to take these well, pain happened? pills. Kind of like honestly, like uh, if you look at maybe Jeff Hardy. I mean, he had the same sort of I mean he was a main event. And I don't know how Jeff's done it. I just don't know how Jeff's done what he's done. And you know, and I don't know. I don't know about you know Jeff and his what kind of he does take pills or not. Because I know guys who don't and put their bodies through this amount of Mick Foley yeah. never took pain pills. It was amazing just listening to his stories, like reading yeah. his stories. Oh. oh my gosh! And he like never a mention of a pain pill. Nothing. That guy was just born one, to yeah, take right. punishment. And, and Triple H. Triple H was never a drug guy and all that. There was nothing, none of that. So I know guys have not done it and 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 we're going to talk about it, but the guys back in the 80s and 90s, that's a different animal. Today, those kids aren't doing, none of those kids are doing that. And if they are, they're going to get busted and they're going to be freaking take, take a powder for a while. Yep. Because they don't, want, they don't want you fucked. They don't want you fucked up. They don't want you. They don't want any more guys falling asleep and not waking up. I mean, I think the WWE has the best wellness program of any sport out there. Because in the NFL, if you don't think those guys are gassed to the gills, a lot of them, that we never really hear about except for one or two Mm -hmm. or whatever. I mean, football's a blood sport. That's what it is. Yep. The only reason they're making you watch the concussion thing is because of that guy that, that, that the movie was about. 
that Will Smith played. Did you guys see that movie? Yep. Will was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I'd heard about it. I heard it was really good. I didn't get the chance to watch it, but I, I was just about to m- mention that comparison with the NFL. It really just seems like WWE started to make more of an example of how important a wellness program is, and it seems like they become more proactive as the NFL is a little more reactive when it comes to you know uh, concussions for the most part. All that, all that shit, you know, and, you know, people can say what they want about WWE, but when it comes to that, they made the mistakes. It's like, what did you learn from them? You know, and it was a, it was a wild, wild west back in the day. Like, again, like I was starting to say, I don't know if I'd have made every show if I couldn't take, you know, when I took two or three Percocets, you know, I really needed them, you know, mm-hmm. but if I didn't have, if I wasn't able to take them, I don't know how I would have got through it. Yep. You know, because you got to freaking take away some of that pain because, you know, and the adrenaline helps. But when you come down, man, yeah. oh, I was the ice king, though. I iced. <laughs> I would leave with ice on both knees, my back, and under my T-shirt on both shoulders. Mm. That's how I'd leave the building. That's three years of my career, every night. Yeah, I remember Mick Foley, I was reading his book. There was a story I actually wanted to ask you about in one of Mick Foley's books, but he mentioned how you saran wrapped your knees and, and you, uh, you you had your, your shoulders iced, and he said he used more ice more than anybody he'd ever seen uh, on the road when you and Austin and him used to ride around together. That's true. You know, everybody films out, but I was the first one to do it. Like, no one did it before I did it. Yep. And they laughed at me. They, they laughed at me when I said I was going to, you know, you know, heal my body back with yoga. Oh, my God. And then when I would do it, sometimes my mat would end up missing. I never sold it. I just go work out without it. You know, <laughs> they laughed at me when I said I was going to create my own kind of yoga for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. You know, they laughed at me and all that shit. So, mm-hmm. do you know what I learned from that? You know what I learned from that? Mm. What What was that? What was the most important lesson from all of that? If someone's laughing at something I'm doing, I'm on to something. Yeah. I can, I can definitely buy people, into that. You know, most people, they laughed at me when I, Austin, thought I was out of my mind for helping Jake and making it public because if Jake fails, or when he would say, when Jake fails, it's going to kill your company's credibility. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I don't fuck, I talk now thousands of people, literally thousands. One guy is just my boy, I'm just trying to give him a hand. And then when I brought Scott Hall in, he, he, he was for sure I needed my head examined. Because, again, both of those guys in the same house, Mm. In the same year, mm-hmm. got sober, and both ended up in the Hall of Fame. What would be the odds in Vegas on that bet? Right. If there was, I wish I could go back in time and bet on it because 
there, there were definitely a lot of naysayers when the story started to get around about you taking those guys in and, uh, and, and helping them out. And you're talking to two guys also that have been really helped out by DDP Yoga and your message. Um, I remember uh, just kind of on a personal – I know we're up against the clock here with you, and I just wanted to share this with you really quick, and I do appreciate the time today. Um, but sure. uh, with, with myself, um, I started doing DDP Yoga when I was unemployed. I had just been fired from a job. I was in a bad. I was in a bad way. Um, it was more just kind of like an emotional thing, kind of depressed, down about my situation. I never really dealt with a lot with addiction in my life, but I wasn't being very healthy. Um, really wasn't taking care of my body very well, and losing my job just really put me kind of in a downward spiral of sorts. Not as bad as Jake or Scott or anything. I'm not trying to say that my situation was as bad as theirs, but um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take what money I can spare, and I'm going to try this DDP yoga program because I watched the video of Arthur, and that really inspired me. And then when I um, got the DVDs, I watched your Living Life at 90% video, and that changed my perspective on a lot. Um, and, wow. and, and and really, it was really powerful and really hit home with me. Um, and I also enjoyed the cameo by John Schneider in the front row at that actor's studio when you were talking. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> uh, I thought that was really, I was like, oh my God, one of the Dukes of Hazard is there. But, um, but I, I just, but really just watching what you did uh, on stage and just how your perspective of life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. I just like, wow, that is, that so holds true. And I started doing the workouts changing my diet and I just got a whole new perspective on things and I was like when and I started to see results and I go wow I actually did something I made a positive change and you know and and it didn't get any easier for me personally after that because had another job and it didn't work out but I still stuck with it and kept that mentality and now I'm in a, a career I really like um, I've really learned to value the people in my life and how you know how much I appreciate them being there for me and really just keeping your head up the whole time, working at it every day. Um, I, that T-shirt that Jake wears and what he always says, my history is not my destiny, um, that really resonated with me too. And I really am going to take that going forward from the movie. That's awesome, man. That's for, awesome. For me, real quick. I'm sorry. For me, real quick. I mean, Kyle, you know, for it was a, uh, a, a, a more of a mental, you know, thing that he was going through. I had back surgery a year and a half ago, um, almost two years. About yeah, about almost two years now. Um, really bad scoliosis, arthritis, degenerative discs, everything you can possibly think of wrong with your back. I had it passed on to me, I guess. But um, I had um, sciatic nerve problems for about ten months, and uh, I had to have half my lower disc removed because of it. And the orthopedic surgeon at that well at that time I was pretty high impact exercising beforehand and then it started flaring and i didn't do anything but uh orthopedic surgeon i remember walking in and and asking him you know what can i do at this point and he told me um you can walk and that's about it you know he didn't want me pretty much do anything um but kyle got me started on doing this and i can honestly say 43 years old never been in the best i've this is amazing the shape i'm in and what i can do right now and I, I do I do your program um, at least half hour to an hour every day. Um, eating wise, I currently just turned vegan, so I'm definitely eating a lot better. Um, right. So yeah, and and honestly, just I seriously thank you. I do appreciate everything you've done. 
Wow, that's, that's I didn't even see those coming, boys. Thanks for letting me know that. That's uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, um, and we I and I, I idolized you growing up. Like I thought you were amazing in the ring. I loved watching your matches and everything. And and I remember when I saw when I started hearing about your yoga program, I'm just like, you know what? Wait, I go, wait, 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 no, wait, 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 no yoga program. DDP, DDP yoga. yoga. Sorry, when I started hearing about right. uh, formerly YRG, which is now DDP yoga. Right. Um, right. My apologies for that. Thank you for correcting me. When I started hearing about DDP yoga, I had tried other workout programs, and I'm like, you know what? This is if anybody's going to get me to do something, I'm going to listen to DDP. Yeah, right. When it comes to if DDP's going to do DDP yoga, <laughs> I'm going to do it too. Yeah. And I have a feeling that I'm going to and. And just the way you you deliver and you talk in the videos, it doesn't sound scripted. It just you make it fun. You keep people engaged, and it's it's just been amazing. And it's like you inspired me as a kid. You've inspired me now, and I and I honestly just like Bubba, I can't thank you enough for the effect that you've had on my life. It's been it's been amazing. And you know how Bubba's vegan. You know how vegan people they tell everybody about it, whether they want to hear about it or not. <laughs> I'm the same way with DDP yoga. I'm the same way with DDP yoga. I'm like, whether you want to hear about this program or not, DDP yoga, you got just look it up. Just go to the website, watch this video, just just uh, just see what's happened with these people, with these regular people, and it's it's been amazing. So, and I, and like I said, I know we've run over our time here with you today, um, and I really do appreciate you taking the time. And there's one more thing I want to ask you about. I want, I want. I, I rather we share a story with you after you get done with it. Okay, sure, sure. Well, when when I mentioned earlier, you used to ride with Foley in Austin when you guys were in WCW, and I just I just thought of this story uh, not too long ago because I loved McFoley's books. He's a great storyteller too. We saw his comedy show oh, a few years great. back. Um, when he and Austin tried to get you riled up, he said that you used to be you used to get riled up real good back in the day, and uh, and he told me and I just remember the story about the the cookies in the bed. When they hit the bath towels from right. in the hotel room and the cookies in the bed, you still get riled up like that. Is that is that something you be able to calm that down a little bit these past few years? Oh God, God, dude! Once I learned how to breathe, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's very high strung back in those days, and you know, um, it's so crazy driven. Like because when everybody's telling you you can't do something, mm-hmm. but you believe you can. You know, what everyone else is saying, you're still, by the time you learn it, you'll be too old. Like, I guess what everybody's saying, you know? Like, if, if I ever listened to anybody else, I would never be on this conversation with you tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. I, you know, what I said in my speech about Jake in, inducting him, never underestimate the power you give yourself by believing in someone because the power you give them that that you believe in them is so strong but even stronger is never underestimate the power you give yourself by believing in you and you know for me I just had I was crazy driven back then but once I got to where I started and I was uh, once I started to create what back in the original days was yoga for normal people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what, and, and I was starting to really capture learning how to breathe. Like, I teach people, you know, to breathe in for three, out for three. In for three, out for three seconds. Then in for five, out for five. In for 10, out for 10. In for 20, out for 20. 
Mm. I can do it if I'm laying down in my bedroom for 60. Wow. Now, yeah, that's impressive. When you're when you can breathe in and out for 20, your mind goes to a different spot. Before I walked out on that stage, and we'll go back to what I started this show with, that you control the story you tell yourself. You may not think you do, or you've got a million reasons why you don't. If you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. Do you guys know who said that originally? Who's that? Sounds familiar. Henry Ford. Mm. Mm. Henry Ford. But, but what the hell did he ever do? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. He only invented the assembly. He only the perfected bottom, the assembly line. I mean, yeah. come on. Who is that? <laughs> right. Every, you know, a million things. The bottom line is, is that the story you tell yourself, before I walked on that stage, in front of 22,000 people, that's how many people were at the Hall of Fame. 22,000. I hadn't been on a stage to talk in the WWE in 13 years. But I'm about to walk out and deliver a 12-minute monologue Mm. that I've got my little notes on the side, but a lot of them I just wrote before I walk out there. And one of them was, never underestimate the power you give yourself by believing in you. The story that was going in my head before I walked out on that stage was, this is going to be the most powerful induction speech ever. This is going to be the greatest thing I've ever done. I can't wait to motivate these people right out of their minds. Like, that's the story. Mm -hmm. It's imperative that that's the story before you walk out there or you're fucked. Now, I'll share one last story with you because you brought up the the, the history is not my destiny. Mm-hmm. Here's where that came from. Here's where that T-shirt came from. Jake and I were in the kitchen, and for some reason, no cameras were on at this point. Or I wish, because I wish to God I had someone there to film this. But he came down and he was mad. And he like punched that marble marble counter, which hurt his hand. Mm-hmm. You know, and he goes, "I'm so stupid, stupid. I'm a loser." Loser. And I go, dude, what, what's the matter? And he, and he tells me what's the matter. And all I can see is this shirt he's wearing. And I said, bro, do you want to know what the biggest problem is? Because this thing you're talking about is not that big a deal. But let me let me just show you what why you have such problems with all of this shit. And I'm doing this completely off the top of my head because I'm looking at this shirt and I've seen it a bunch of times. But right now, I'm going to go come here. And I pull him into the bathroom. And I said, look in the mirror and tell me what you see. He said, a loser. I said, stop fucking saying that. As long as you keep saying that, it's going to be true. Stop it. That's not what I'm asking at you. Look in the mirror. What the fuck does that shirt say? And it's a shirt he's wearing right in the beginning of the movie. And it's a skeleton with like a rebel flat hat on. And he's got a flag that says wasted youth. Mm-hmm. And I said, every time you put that shirt on, every time you put that Charles Manson shirt on, I said, you got eight kids. You want any of your kids to be in the same room with Charles Manson? 
well, fuck no. I go, why would you wear that? Hmm. Yeah, you got this other one with Charles Manson with the throwing crowns on his head. Like, is he your fucking guy? Maybe it's a character that people won't be scared of. Is that fucking Aurelian Smith's guy? Well, no. I go, why do you keep wearing that? I said, your shirt should say unstoppable. Your shirt should say never give up. Your shirt can say positive energy. Something that lets you see that you can feed back off of that. And he, you know, he walked away and he came down and he had a, a different shirt on. And he said, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to get a hold of, uh, hold of Robert, who's one of our web guys. He said, I'm going to get him to design Destiny. My history is not my Destiny t-shirt. I said, that's an awesome shirt to wear. Yeah, and that was a brilliant that idea. And began the beginning of Jake changing the story he told himself. And that's why he is where he is today. That's why you are where you are today, both of you. Because you had an inner conversation. Now, people are going to get to see this movie, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And they're going to get to see so many of life's examples. I always say, and you guys know this because you're real wrestling fans, like me. Mm -hmm. And we all grew up with people who liked wrestling with us. Not the masses, but when it got cool in the 90s, everybody loved it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there was still someone in your family or in your group of friends who not only didn't, you know, didn't really care to watch wrestling, they were actually pissed at you because you liked it. <laughs> that is so true. That's a hell of a lot of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so those are the people you get to sit down and say, you got to give me 20 minutes. And you get them into watching that movie they will not want to leave and watch the tears roll down their cheeks. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I watched it with That's my girlfriend, I... and she goes, what's a DDT? <laughs> <laughs> I go, honey, let me show you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, it was great spending time with you. I'm so, it's so awesome to hear. Like, Scott Hall said that my addiction is helping people. Mm-hmm. He said, that, that's your addiction, Dally. Like, you can't help yourself. Yeah. And to you know when you're helping people, it will not just change your life, but own their lives, and you haven't even talked to them, you know, and had a, a, that little conversation yet, but they're already doing it because they saw. Like, mm-hmm. I always walk the talk. I don't ever tell anybody, you should do this unless I do it and I think it's awesome. You know, I would never take, I wouldn't take $10 million from Coca-Cola to push their product because it's shit. Yeah. Agreed. I just wouldn't do and it. And you live in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I always tell people, I'd rather you drink regular Coke than Diet Coke. I'd rather you snort Coke than drink Coke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dallas, before... Of course, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. We, we, we got you. <laughs> hey, but before we let you go, really quick, in a couple minutes, tell us about the new app, the uh, DDP Yoga Now. Man, I'm so glad. I wanted to, I wanted to bring it up, but I forgot. <laughs> I'm glad I'm helping you out, buddy. For. <laughs> you know, I, I started this app, building this app, God, close to three years ago. And... Um, 
the work that's been put into it and the response that we are getting from the people who are using it. Because there's really two apps in one. One's free, and with that, you get some samples, workouts that you can try. But the really important, cool part about it is that it's, and I want everyone who, who does any kind of workouts to use our app to just track the free app, to track the workouts. Because if you get a Bluetooth heart monitor, if it's not ours, I don't care, but ours is the best one for the least amount of money. And I did that because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the best one. Uh, I just don't make as much money on it because I want people to have it for a really fair price. But every workout that you do in the custom workout, whether it's lifting weights, running, uh, hiking, whatever, it's going to track not only all the calories you burn. I just have another build coming up this in two more weeks because it just said when you are in your zone, and it'll tell you how much you're in your zone, well, in your fat-burning zone. Well, I didn't like that. I wanted to know how long am I not in my zone because i got to warm up. How long am I in my zone? And then how long am I in my red zone where if I'm going to be there, I don't want to be there long because I don't want to burn myself out. I want to really stay in the, in the ideal fat-burning zone. And I want those percentages. So I just spent another 10 grand. It's ridiculous. I got a million dollars in this thing. You know, a million. Mm. And again, I don't care if people just use the freebie part because I know that if they track the workouts and they track how many calories they burn, how long they're in their fat burning zone, um, their pictures, measurements, pain index, uh, blood pressure, blood sugar, and A1C, their diabetes, if they just track all that stuff and see how much they're, how good they're doing on their own, not even doing DDP yoga, at some point in time, when they're doing that P90X, or doing that insanity, or doing that CrossFit, they're going to hurt themselves. Very true. And they're going to feel like they can't work out. Well, you want to know how you can heal yourself back so you can do that other shit? Go to DDP Yoga. And then they're going to start doing it, and they're going to realize, whoa, I want this in my toolbox. Now, they still might be able to run marathons, so they still want to run. What better way to hold your body together? DDP Yoga. Mm -hmm. I still want to play basketball. After 30 years old, you don't play basketball. You don't go skiing. You don't play tennis. To, play, to, to actually get in shape. You get in shape after 30 so you can play basketball. So you can play tennis. <laughs> yep. So you don't get hurt. Because mm -hmm, exactly. if you get hurt then, and you break your ankle, and you're a guy who works outside, you're fucked. Yeah. That's true. You know, now, now your income went out the door. My workout and why so many of the boys, Chris Jericho was the guy who really put it on the map because... When I helped him, and he went from excruciating pain in five weeks to being 85% pain-free when all the doctors told him he was done, he was never going to wrestle again. He couldn't even sing back then. Wow. When in five weeks, I got him feeling 85% pain-free. In three months, he was 100% pain-free and went and headlined WrestleMania with Punk. That was five years ago. Mm. He's still going. 
Yeah. Yep. Doing crazy impressive. stuff, you know. So you know that's just one of the guys, and one of the guys who's one of the super studs of our business, who's another guy they said would never be all that, turns out to be one of the top guys. You know, you got to put him. I guarantee he's got to be in the top twenty-five. Absolutely. Of all time. Yeah. You know, because he just done a right, probably in the top twenty. Yeah, I mean, he's really, he really, you talk about shooting for the moon and passing it and going to Mars. You know, I mean, I love Chris Jericho. He is a warrior. Uh, he did it all. The look, the rap, the work, everything. Never, didn't leave it all in the ring. Very Shawn Michael-ish, you know, who was probably, you know, top, you know, if you got to take workers of that time, you got to put them up there in top two, maybe top one. I don't know, you know. <laughs> Pretty forget another guy who does DDP yoga, and when he got on the app, loved it. Shawn Michaels the first guy to ever do it. He didn't talk about it as much, but he's the guy who really told Jericho, "You need to be doing this." Really, I did not and know that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool. When Chris first turned his back, and Shawn Shawn told me, "Remember when I did the promo for the very best of Night Show number one?" Yep. Yeah, I did it with Shawn. Mm-hmm. Sean pulled me aside because no one wants to hear they're hurt when they're trying to come back. But Sean knew that Chris was hurt. And Chris was also working a deal to come back. And he was like, you should really give Jericho a call. His back's hurt. And nobody wants to talk. You know, he looked around. Make sure nobody was looking, listening, you know. He said, you should call him. That's why I called Chris Jericho. Because Sean, because, you know, Sean Michaels told me to do it. You know, and I was like, okay, Sean, I'll, I'll give him a call. What I loved, I hadn't seen him in a long time. I saw him at a signing over WrestleMania this year, and I gave him my number, and I said, dude, here's a Bluetooth heart monitor. Do your shit around this, and, and this app, you're going to love it. And I never heard of because I got to turn the app on for him. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then he finally called me, and he said, D, I lost your number. I had to get up to Big Ten. <laughs> and uh, that's why I took this so long. But, but, he, but he loved Love the uh, love the two stuff, especially strength builder. He loves it. So you know, with, with the workouts today, there there there's got to be sixty workouts on there now on the app, yeah. along with all of the food that we're putting out there. All these amazing recipes we're putting out there, from vegetable dishes to salads, from entrees to pasta dishes, and then there's all the inspiration. You know, all the inspiration. That being said, Liz, I, I love being on your show with you Thank guys you. today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Time. Appreciate having and you on. I it's, got my wife. I, I got you. I got you. It's a rare opportunity to, to tell one of your heroes how you've inspired them. I know we ran over our time, and we really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show, and we really hope to talk to you again someday. Dallas, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And the last thing I'm going to say, guys, I've got the... On July 4th weekend. Did I lose you? No, we're here. here. Okay, okay. On July 4th weekend, I have to admit, the rock clock. The rock clock beat me to the table for for the first alarm clock out there by one of the boys. But... I'm about to put get something on the rock, baby. I'm about to lay some smack down on the rock. <laughs> All right. Because we've got, and I, nobody respects the rock more than I do. I say that lovingly. Biggest, biggest star in the world, and I couldn't be any more prouder of him 
than I am. Uh, but I've been working on this for two and a half years. The first ever DDP yoga video wake up alarm clock. Wow. That's going to be amazing. Where I'm looking I, forward to that. It'll be in this house. Oh, yeah. It'll be in mine, too. <laughs> and, and, and it's a free app. So everybody's got to get it. So when it comes out, talk about it. Get, get it. Maybe after you guys have seen it. And, yeah, dude, it, I, I, I want to open up in about five or eight different videos up there. But eventually, I'll have freaking a hundred of them up there. And it's going to be crazy, man. Some of them are funny. Some of them are inspiring. Some of them are ridiculous. <laughs> and all geared, all geared to get you up and get you on the mat. And I'm starting it out, starting it all off with a bang, 4th of July weekend. Hey, where are you guys from? Where do you guys live? Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Ohio. God. And I didn't even realize I was talking about Cleveland. Home of the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> as, as the party settles down even a little yet? Oh, it's oh. still going. Oh, it's still going, and it's only going to get ramped yeah. up with the parade on, on Wednesday yeah. uh, up in Cleveland. So yeah. it, this place has been crazy. Oh, my God. I'm so happy for you guys, man. I'm so Cleveland, Cleveland Dayton, um, they were always, you know, Cincinnati, they were huge towns for me. The people were so loving. It's all I could explain it. You know, the working man, uh, they, they loved DDP and they cheered for me and it was, it was amazing. I loved going there. So I was, I was cheering for you guys, man. And, you know, like I said, all you got to do is see game number seven. Yep. That's right. It was amazing. First ever 3-1 comeback. <laughs> My jaw was on the floor. It was great. Um, so, yeah, but, hey, we really do. We'll let you go here. Uh, Dallas, thanks again. We really do appreciate the time and hope to talk to you again someday. And, and good luck with, with everything in the future with DDP Yoga. Thank you again. It's been an honor. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. You all too. Right, thanks. thanks. Okay. Um, I honestly have nothing I could possibly say right now. No, me neither. It's I'm just... st- I'm going to be in awe for a long, long time. Well, and it's fun to mark out with one of the bigger stars of wrestling, and you know, and and we, I think we did a really good job of not bringing up too much wrestling because I know he's got a lot more on the plate than than just wrestling going on these days. But what's funny really... is I brought up the the app to him. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> good. Like, oh, he, I forgot about he it. He forgot about his own app. So. <laughs> No, but it was still a it was still a great conversation, and like I told him, it's very rare you get to tell one of your heroes how they've inspired you yep. right there live, and so uh, really do appreciate him coming on the show with us. I'm I'm just yeah I'm just I'm speechless right now that we actually got to do that with uh, somebody that we've admired for so long and someone who's changed our lives. Um, it was funny what he was talking about with the Jake the Snake T-shirt thing because you know changing the shirts that you wear like. I remember when I started to wear like a lot of John Cena shirts at work mm-hmm. that say like "Never give up" and "You can't stop me" and stuff like that. I just loved them, and, and like it started to have an effect on the people around me. Like they started to joke with me a little bit about it. Like, like why do you wear those shirts? And I'm like, because it's true. Like, I don't give up. You're not going to stop me. And and you know, it started to really resonate with folks on my team and stuff like that. So it really helped out. And so I, I'm a big firm believer in in how changing your perspective what you project and changing your environment can really change your life as well. Well, another thing is like, and you know, if you have a shirt like that, there's a lot of people that either will, you know, they'll, like you said, people are making fun of you or, you know, 
yeah. giving you shit for it. Yeah. But it was all in good fun, and I understood is, that. You get questioned on things, so it allows you to tell people what you're... For example, you know, the shirt I have on right now, friends, not food. Yep. Being a vegan right now. With I've been asked... I put the fat chicken. <laughs> I've been asked, you know, about this shirt today. Yeah. But it allows me to pass on, hey, this is how I feel. This is about me. This is what I'm doing. And it makes mm-hmm. me feel better yep. doing that. And it reinforces the fact that I this is I really want to keep going with this. Yep. So I mean, I yeah, I totally, hundred percent get that. Yep. And uh, I'm and I'm sure people will probably give you a hard time for, for that shirt. They'll be you like, know, you know, "Well, I, are you vegan?" But there's nothing wrong with being vegan, and yeah. it's you know, it's really not cool to make fun of somebody for their life choices or how they are or I something mean, like me, that. Like you know, it started for me with this was I was it was a diet thing. Yeah. And I was a vegetarian, but then it started. Um, when we talked to Courtney Palm, yeah, and it started uh, seeing more things of like the the meat industry and where exactly are, is our, our meat coming from, mm-hmm. and is it necessary that we need certain things, and do we have to? I, I, I say it's you know I I love my dogs to death, mm-hmm. and I say I love animals, but yet in the same breath I was going out and getting a cheeseburger. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. And, and I mean, and if, if I really do personal I, belief, and that's fine. And I and also beautiful women can be very inspiring. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. I mean, I don't bash people. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't try to criticize people. I just tell people how I feel and my point of view. Mm-hmm. And if it changes them, their attitude, that's great. Like I'm going to go home and have a pizza with bacon and onion on it. That's, and that's, we're still going to be friends tomorrow. Absolutely. So there you but go. That's you. That's me. That's all right. You can't change everyone. I know but in your you, head you're thinking, hey, you want to go home and be scum of the earth? That's fine. You know what? If I live another 30 <laughs> years and I can affect one person and it, it helps them, like mm-hmm. like for me, I mean, I when I, I started a group on Facebook and I got um, a comment by someone saying, why are you doing this? Why were you doing vegetarian anyway? There's no, yeah. there's no scientific proof that it's better, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so you're criticizing me for saying this actually just made me feel better. And I'm not telling you it's going to make you feel better. I'm saying if you want to give it a try, do it. Yeah. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Obviously, meat makes you sound like a bitch. <laughs> so I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> so there you go. Ch- kind of, choke on that one, brother. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of getting over an allergy slash chest cough croup. thing that's going on. Croup. He's I got, have the yeah, croup. He's got dysentery. So, Stop yeah, my Yep, I uh, I got dysentery. My ox died trying to ford the river and all that. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, and, and that's the other thing is people criticizing you for that group. It's really you created it as a safe place for folks who want to try it and to share their experiences. And you have this bitch that comes in and yep. is like, "Why are you doing this? There's yep. no proof." And it, well, the proof is in yourself. Yep. You know, it's like we sit here and talk all the time about how exercising is great or DDP yoga is wonderful. It's not a yoga program. Um, it, it, you know, how it's wonderful, how it's changed us. You know, all we say is try it. All I'm telling you is try it. it it's really, it's the whole Morpheus thing. You know, I can only show you the door. You're the one who has to walk through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can take the blue pill. And <laughs> no pills. <laughs> no pills. Um, but it's it's really just comes down to, you know, I just encourage people to try it. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm suggesting that you try it. And if you want to talk about it, I'm a safe place to come and talk about your experiences. God, people piss me off. <laughs> well, it just it amazed me because it's something that made me feel better. And it put me in a better place. And it wasn't harming me. It yeah. was healthy. Yeah. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it. Why would you 
question someone like that. You know what? It makes yeah. zero sense to me. Yeah. But like I said, it's obviously eating meat for her made her a bitch. So Could there you be. go. I don't, I'm quite I don't ha- want to be a bitch, so I'm not going to eat meat. <laughs> I I am quite happy after a steak, to be honest with you. Well, I used to be. You know yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I was a carnivore and a half. Oh, you were. But We used to make delicious burgers. But the thing I'm is, miss them. I feel 100% better mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to throw that away. Exactly. So... Well, and I don't blame you. Yeah. You know, it, it's your life. You are a grown ass man. You it's live my life, hell as you Mr. Want. Bon Jovi said. Exactly, and it's now or never. Yep, riding a cowboy or living on a cowboy. living on a dream. Yeah, that's it. on a prayer. Yeah, you're riding a prayer. Right I'm now. riding a prayer, living on a cowboy. As long as you're not riding a cowboy, living the dream, I guess that's fine. Uh, so, oh, we, college years. Oh, yeah. Oh, so great show with DDP today. Absolutely. Uh, you want to talk about our next confirmed guest? We we definitely we lock these guys down. Yeah, here's the deal. We're going to uh, when is the Fourth of July's on a uh, Monday? Yep. So we're gonna do a we're gonna do our Independence Day special extravaganza. Will be, we'll be that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're gonna record it probably Tuesday. Yep. The fifth. It'll be a, yep. We are going to have um, once again. I don't know how to uh, explain it. It is a. Uh, it's very hard to describe the type of music. I think it, it's a country rap. Country rap, and uh, the group is uh, Twang and Round. Um, once again, I will tell you: Google them, uh, search them on your Spotify's, on your Tunes of I, whatever you need to do. <laughs> um, listen to uh, Twang and Round because they are going to be on our Fourth of July special and. I think I'm going to try, as I mentioned before. We're going to ha- we're we're going balls to the wall with uh, the Fourth of July. We're going mm-hmm. to try to have a representation of what America really is. Yep. Um, I might get another porn star. Most American show. I might, you know, you mentioned get a politician. Yep. Um, but there's going to be a couple different guests. I may actually try to get a hold of the lady that works at the Kroger Bakery just to talk to her again. Yeah, that would that would be good. That we'll make her a regular. <laughs> but no, we'll. Uh, I, I, I uh, we're gonna have a couple guests that night and or that day, and we're going to uh, give them a couple minutes, and we're gonna have our uh, celebrate the U.S. show. U.S. of A. That's right. That's right. All right, folks. Well, again, we always, as always, we thank you for listening to the Barely Life podcast. Um, you can get us at uh, Barely Life Show on Twitter. Barely Alive podcast on Facebook. Um, if you're interested in anything that DDP discussed today, you can look up. You can Google the Resurrection of Jake the Snake. You can look for it on Netflix. It's on Hulu, iTunes, all that stuff. It's available everywhere. Please check out that movie. Um, you can also go to um, well, DDP can be found on Twitter at Real DDP, also at DDP Yoga, and also at DDP Yoga DDP Yoga Now on Twitter for the app, and also I believe it's. Uh, Jake this at Jake the Snake movie or something like that on Twitter. I know it's on Twitter. We just couldn't nail that one down. But we're going, please we'll, look at those we'll and look them up. On. We'll put links on. Yep. The, the, the the Twitters and the uh, Facebooks. Yep. And the podcast page. Also, one more plug from us. We are now available on Google Play. Um, so if you moving folks, on up, yeah, that's right. We're moving on up in the world. Next stop, iTunes. Next stop, MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a dream come true. <laughs> um, we farmers only. You're my top eight uh, friends. That's right. <laughs> you want to be in our top eight? You got to work for you like it. Like my backdrop. Yeah. <laughs> it's got animations, rose petals falling from the sky. Um, 
We are working on iTunes, but we are on Google Play. Please look for us, Barely Alive Podcast on Google Play. All of the episodes that are on the SoundCloud site can be streamed from Google Play. So if you prefer to use the Google Play app, uh, the Play Music app, rather than uh, SoundCloud, you're more than welcome to. Uh, We're on there now, so please check us out. All the new episodes, past and present, will be posted there as well. So, um, again, we thank you for listening, and uh, more to come. We'll be looking forward to twanging around uh, in July, and uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to you next time. So have a great uh, have a great time. We'll see you later. Bye.